from KQED. Hey everyone, Olivia Allen Price here. It's another week and another episode of Bay Curious coming at you as the team shelters in place. Today we're answering your questions about the unexpected ways that coronavirus is changing our lives. Like why some of us are having very vivid dreams. I know I am. And also what impact all of this not doing stuff is having on nature. Let's get started with reporter Michelle Wiley. Are you having fun so far? So I'm standing in this building and right there on stage is Dolly Parton. Country music superstar Dolly Parton. This is a real thrill and a real treat. She's giving a concert and she's starting to introduce the song Jolene. This next one is a song about another woman trying to steal another woman's man. Lord, if somebody tried to steal some of the guys I've been out with, it'd be more like petty theft. (laughs) And just before she starts, Dolly sees me and tells me to come up on stage and sing Jolene with her. So I walk up to the stage right next to Dolly freaking Parton. And to be honest, I thought I was going to crush it. And the music starts. And I can't remember the words. They start the music up again. Still nothing. And Dolly's being really nice about it at first, but I can tell things are getting kind of weird. You're going to look pretty puny if you ain't singing. Puny. Anyway, now the audience is starting to stare at me, and I just feel totally humiliated. And then I wake up. This is just one of the weird, vivid dreams I've been having lately. And it turns out, I'm not alone. In the dream I had a few weeks ago, I'm a space explorer on Jupiter's icy moon Europa. I haven't waited tables in maybe 30 years, but I've definitely been having waitressing dreams. And my captor was a uh, an ethereal, genderless monk being... So I already live in a pretty small apartment with my husband and child, and I've been having this recurring nightmare where all of a sudden we have to move into a hotel room with a bunch of other people, and there's no kitchen. If you're like me, having a super active brain at night, replaying all your weirdest thoughts and worst nightmares, is not particularly comforting. So I called up an expert to see what's going on. If you wake up, In the night more, uh, in the early morning hours, it's just more likely that you're going to be experiencing a dream. And ultimately, if it's kind of a high, intense, negative, affective dream, you know, maybe more likely to remember it. That's Eric Prather, an associate professor of psychiatry at the University of California, San Francisco. He's also the director of the Behavioral Sleep Medicine Research Program. So, okay, maybe you're not dreaming more, just not sleeping as soundly at night. Or maybe your brain's just on high alert. We know that when people get like acutely stressed, you know, you can narrow your focus and remember particular things that are relevant. And it could be that, you know, during this time period that our brains are kind of on high alert and tagging things more frequently. And and this is resulting in remembering our dreams more vividly. Whatever the reason, dreams are one way we process what's going on around us. And let's be real, we're all processing a lot more than normal. Okay, but what if you're not sleeping at all and find yourself in a loop of insomnia? 
I mean, we're in a unique time. And so people are experiencing a level of stress and uncertainty that is fairly unprecedented, particularly in the United States. And that type of anxiety and angst doesn't end when we close our eyes. Whether it's weird dreams or sleepless nights, Prather passed on a few tips for how to get a better night's sleep. Number one. And I know this one is particularly tough, but you gotta unplug from the news. There's this allure of kind of following this COVID-19 news up until right before bed. But, you know, no surprise that that actually makes it hard to fall asleep because the news in the world is not particularly good. Instead, try to do something relaxing, like taking a bath, reading a book, playing a computer game, anything that helps you relax and get ready to go to sleep. Number two, set aside some time during the day to worry. For whatever reason, it seems like the middle of the night is like the best time to try to solve all the world's problems. Of course, that's not the case. And so we will kind of move that time to earlier in the day and schedule some worry time. So set aside 45 minutes and worry to your heart's content. Number three. While your dreams can be scary or stressful, try not to obsess over what they might mean. You know, I think it's better to just reflect and and maybe smile about the strange things that you dream about versus getting worked up and investing a lot of time and effort to try to uncover what what is being held there under the subconscious. So try to enjoy your weird, vivid dreams, whether it's swimming in space, your old childhood home, or the opportunity to meet Dolly Parton. Now, I'm going to go practice Jolene. That was reporter Michelle Wiley. We'll be right back after this break. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Founded in 1980, it's still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And still the pale ale that sparked a craft beer revolution. Sierra Nevada, still the one. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. It's been more than a month since the statewide order to shelter in place went into effect. One day, we're going to work, kids are in school, sports arenas filled with fans, concerts are happening, we're eating in restaurants, drinking with friends, I mean, we're out there living life, you know? The next, everything grinds to a halt. And for very good reason. But still, this is an unprecedented shift in human behavior. And it got one listener thinking. What impact does this change in human behavior have on the rest of the ecosystem? My name is Anne-Marie Roche, and I live in Berkeley. KQED science reporter Kevin Stark has been following what's going on in the environment for us. Hey, Kevin. Hi, Olivia. So first off, how much less human activity is actually happening right now? 
We have a couple uh, ways to get at that. And one of the best pieces of information is just what's coming out of the Port of Oakland, which is one of the busiest ports in the country. For weeks, they've been reporting that shipping traffic is down. Uh, I think the latest number they had was 11%. And that means that fewer goods are coming into the port and also that fewer semi-trucks are coming in to pick up those goods and get them out to the rest of the country. And then the other thing is car traffic. Um, One estimate that's come out of um, people that have looked at the bridges during rush hour is that traffic could be down by as much as 70%, uh, which is a huge decline in cars moving around um, and would have really big impacts for air quality and noise pollution and all of this stuff. So I do want to dig a little bit deeper into that. So, you know, air quality and, and air pollution, do we have a sense of have those things improved? We know that traffic is the number one source of air pollution in the Bay Area. And I asked the local air regulator kind of what they're seeing. And they took that metric of 70% and just ran calculations. If there's that much fewer traffic out on the road, what does that mean for, you know, stuff like particulate matter in the air and smog? And everything is just way, way down. Again, they also said that the 70% is probably conservative. It's likely that traffic is down even further from that. Wow. So that's having a hugely good impact on our air anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. There's this interesting company called Acclima, which has been tracking this in real time. They have sensors that they put on cars and they drive them around and and they sort of have this constant data stream. And they've been putting out reports each week about what they're seeing. And it's really similar to what air regulators were seeing, which is that pollution is just way down. Um, One neighborhood that we talked about is West Oakland, which is a place that I have reported on in the past. It notoriously kind of has really dirty air. Uh, It's right next to the port there. So those semi-trucks that are moving goods around, you know, that's diesel smoke that's settling into the neighborhood. And um, Acclima has found in the past, they've studied that that neighborhood has much higher levels of CO2 than elsewhere in the Bay Area. I spoke with one of their executives. Her name is Meg Thurlow. And here's what she said about that. Since the shelter-in-place order, we've actually observed that West Oakland CO2 levels have dropped dramatically and are now lower, in fact, than the Bay Area regional average. And, you know, it's kind of a a drop in the bucket in the long term, but it's, uh, you know, an interesting thing to come out of this. So beyond what we're seeing locally you know, we're in this moment where the entire globe has pretty much shut down. Do we have any idea how much this is impacting sort of larger scale trends about carbon emissions? There's one estimate, a worldwide estimate that put global emissions down 4%, which is just a huge, huge drop. But scientists say that's not enough of a reduction to really prevent the worst uh, impacts of climate change. The UN has said that we need to reduce it by about 7.6%. So even with this, you know, great pause in traffic and industry and all of these things, it's still not enough for where we need to be if we're going to prevent some of those, um, those bad impacts. And this is also such a temporary thing. I mean, perhaps we'll learn some things and things might improve out of this. But presumably, as you know, the economy opens up again, we'll be driving more industry will be polluting again. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's hard to be celebratory. It's great that the air quality is better, especially because you know, the coronavirus is a respiratory illness. So the fact that the air is a little cleaner is just it makes it easier for everyone. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of environmental lessons that we can draw from this. It's sort of a little window into what things could be like. 
I want to talk next about wildlife because I saw a, a news report that there are more reported sightings of coyotes in the streets of San Francisco, which we actually did a story about on Big Curious a couple weeks ago, um, and also more bears in Yosemite. What's going on with our wildlife? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I live in San Francisco and I, I walk through uh, Buena Vista Park and Golden Gate Park. I've certainly seen a lot of coyotes out, but it, I think the basic idea is, you know, humans are inside, all of our loud cars are parked, all of the sort of disruption that we provide for the natural world is stopped, and uh, the animals are, are coming out to play. Um, Yosemite is interesting. One of the park rangers there uh, hosted this kind of live uh, video on Facebook and was saying that they're seeing, you know, bears just walking down the street. For the most part, I think they're having a party. Like, I think that this time of year is difficult for the animals here. There can be literally walls of cars, stop and go traffic or people in the park. And so for the bears, they normally have to like pick these little corridors that they have to move through in the valley to get from point A to point B. But um, now that there are no people, the bears are literally just walking down the road to get to where they need to go, which is kind of cool to see. It's been a little bit more than a month since we've been shut down here in the Bay Area, which in the grand scheme of things is not that long. Uh, we, we have some time to go still. How much longer, we don't really know. But what indicators are scientists going to keep looking at? I imagine this is kind of a really nice data set uh, is being created right now that, that we'll learn a lot from. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be tracking all the stuff we talked about, the uh, particulate matter and black carbon and CO2 and and just how emissions were down. And they're going to really try and see what we can do to capture those gains. Uh, you know, one thing with people driving a lot less, I think everybody's getting really used to working by telecommute. And I have been talking to state leaders about what they can do to kind of capture some of those gains and, you know, just get people off the road. I think in the past, there's been so much attention on electric vehicles, which we still need, but this is also uh, allowing people to take a step back and realize that like, maybe we just need to be traveling a lot less than we are. All right. Well, Kevin Stark, thank you so much for walking us through all of this today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. That's all for Bay Curious this week. Today's episode featured reporters Michelle Wiley and Kevin Stark. Big thanks to our question asker, Anne-Marie Roche, and the multitudes who have been asking about dreams on social media. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. Today's episode was produced by Katrina Schwartz, Asal Asanapur, Rob Spate, and me, Olivia Allen-Price. Thanks for listening. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play March's trivia game? Every month, we'll read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a sweet prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is... This Bay Area high school holds the longest winning streak in high school football. They won 151 games in a row between 1992 and 2004. What is the name of the school? 
Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts.